Yo, what's good? This shirt guy worldwide from that, you know, that no sucker shit clothing podcast, Hankers. And on this episode, I got my main man, W, the art bishop, the homie from the A, baby. If you want to know about the how to slang the art game or get into the art game, you better listen to this 30-minute quick sprite. You know where the hair is at? Hangers on Anchor. Yo, what's good, people? This shirt guy worldwide, and I got another treat for you. I got a real good friend of mine, man, from the A, baby. I'm going to have him introduce himself to the lovely people out there. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is W, also known as W, the Art Bishop. I'm coming out of Atlanta, and I'm the curator of Art Beats and Lyrics. Man, W, you know what? The funniest thing, I I first was introduced to you on Coraloff. Like back in the early 90s, that was like the thing where a lot of designer, a lot of people now don't understand that was our Instagram, that was designers Facebook. And I knew of you through some friends that worked at Echo. And they were like, I was like, who draws these fucking shit? They was like, oh, <laughs> you know, I was like, who draws all this cool ass shit that y'all guys do? And they were like, oh yeah, man, it's this cat out of Atlanta named W. So I was like, W? So when I went to Coraloff and I seen your amazing artwork, I seen the shit you did, I was like, I gotta work with that dude. I gotta be able to talk to that cat. So I want you to tell the people like, how did you get into art? Well, um, I've always been into drawing. You know, that was my thing. I was always the kid in class that could that could draw and sketch and all that good stuff. So what ended up happening is um, after college. I got a job working in a newspaper, doing designs, design there. And while I was working there, I just realized I, I couldn't, I had to get up out of there. That wasn't, that wasn't for me, you know? So um, I ended up coming down to Atlanta after about maybe a year working there. So um, while I was working at my new job at the, uh, what was it called? Like a, I guess it'd be considered like a web to web company back then, you know, back when the internet was burning hot, you know, they were looking for artists right. and designers. Right, 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 yeah. right. For all those people listening, there was a time when, you know, with little experience, you can get a really good job in the web game. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is true. This is there true. With, with very, very little experience. So I was working there for about a year. And while I was doing that, I was also freelancing. So a lot of the stuff you've seen coming out around that time, I would say in like the early 2000s, I was working my day job and, and doing hustle, hustling on the side, doing illustration and design work. And, and you know what? Like people don't understand the, the 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 what you have done. Like the things they see from the Biggie and the Double XL, from uh, a Universal Soul Circus, from you know, uh, and fucking ATL the movie. Like your art is basically every fucking where. So <laughs> like. How- from working in a fucking newspaper or web design to your art being like you know your style how did you hone that style because I know a W piece I'd be like W did that shit it's just something about the way you utilize your colors it's the way the way you utilize the uh, the media that you use like how did you hone that skill was it just life or just doing it or practice or how, how did you get to that point well, it's a little bit of both. What it is, is an artist style is based on things they've tried and things that worked and they stuck with them. So as you go on as a creative person, you're trying different things out. You're trying little elements here and there. And the things that you do try, some work, some don't, you know, and the things that do work, 
you tend to put that in your bag and now you got a little something extra. And the more you try, the more things become more comfortable to you. And that's how you develop your style. A lot of younger artists come out and they're like, how'd you get your style? Like it's something you find. You know, like one day you wake up, you open the front door, and there's a big box of style waiting on you. You know, <laughs> that's not how it is. You know, so right. if you do it, you keep trying different things and you look at artists that you admire and you take things from. Them. Not saying you try to be them because you can never be them because they're made of the they're made up of their experiences as well. So, but you take things and then you mix it up your own way. And what things start to become comfortable to you and you start getting noticed for doing things a certain way, that becomes your style. And the funniest thing, you were the first dude that taught me how to emulate a little bit. Because I used to call you be like, Dub, I got to do this design. And you was like, well, just go, so just go look at some shit and, and start doing that shit. And, and, and <laughs> basically, I was like, what, you jacking shit? You was like, no, man, just, just, just look at it and practice that shit. And then your shit will come. And then not until I watched Finding Forrester, when Sean Connery told him, go get some of my old work type that word and then your words would come from my word and that's basically what you were telling me a little tidbit as an artist and to oh, today yeah. I still use that when i'm like a brain freeze i go on pinterest i go on google i put in the story in which i want to tell and look at what other designers did and start recreating their design and then as you do that you start making your own shit because you be like I would do it this way. I wouldn't use that type. I wouldn't use that color. I wouldn't use that. So who were some of your mentors that helped you hone that W energy that you have? Well, I would say what you're talking about is like people that inspire you, you know, and I, like my earliest inspiration came like, I would say, I mean, like as, as a, not like as a child, but like as like in college, I would look at a lot of the skateboarding magazines and see what they're doing in that and how they were applying color. And then I would look at like, you know, the hip hop magazines and see illustrations by like Andre, Andre Davis and, you know, the last word up in Source magazine and other other illustrations that involved caricature like Mad Magazine and all that. But then right. I got introduced to a book by Norman Rockwell called How I Make Paintings. And that went, he went in detail about his whole creative process from point A to point B. And it blew my mind. You know, I was like, so that's how you do it. You know, that's how you create an idea. These are the steps that one of the best ever used to create his idea. Now, I'm not trying to do his thing, but I learned a lot from that book. And right. um, I remember checking it out of the library and like a fool, I returned it. Uh, if I go back in time, <laughs> I would have never returned that book. But then... um. Years later, I found it, and that's one of my, I guess, prized possessions. Is you know, it's like a, it's like a guideline on how to be dope, <laughs> you know? right? But um, right, right, the handbook. But um, other artists that came along that I, that, whose work crossed my path, is one artist named Sebastian Kruger. When I saw his work, you know, early in my career, I was like, wow! So you can exaggerate things, and you can apply these different mediums. But I tell you, the one thing, the one moment I could say as a kid that was a turning point for me was I was in the seventh or eighth grade and I saw a movie by Ralph Bakshi called Coonskin, also known oh, as wow. Street Fight. Known as Street Fight. It was, you know, it's an animated film where they use like live live motion and animation. And it was the character the way he characterized people 
would be offensive to some folks, but basically it was a black exploitation story that was based on, you know, rabbit, like bear rabbit and all that. But um, right, after right, seeing right. that, and I was like, wow, you can draw people like this. You know, that was like, that gave me the freedom to start exaggerating and, um, and like really playing with ideas more as a kid. So when I, um, when I became an adult, I emailed him. I think it was like in 2000, I emailed him. Not, not saying I was an adult in 2000, but you know, way into adulthood by then. But, uh, but right. I emailed him, he emailed me back. And one of the things he said in his email is like, you know, be true to yourself. And, you know, it may not be the most financially, you know, wise thing to do at every, at every moment. But if you're real with yourself and don't be a slave to anyone. And that's what he told me. And that's about that email. And that's something about you that I always admire. Like, because I, I, I went to Atlanta and I seen your creative process and how you do it. You are true to W. And that's something that I always respect about you. Like well, the way you. that you, the way that you just do your thing is so, I don't think that nobody else can do you. That's what's so uniquely about you. It's like that, like, that, like, like your energy. Like I was like coming from Chicago and going to Atlanta for the first time to meet you. It was like, I never met a dude like you. It was like, where the fuck this dude come from? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you used to take a camera to the club. She was like, yo, I just take this camera and I start snapping shit. I was like, who the fuck do this shit? But you did it because it was all about being you. And then, and then you would come home and then you would paint some of the dopest shit. And the thing, it was like, your whole crew of people you know in the art game was dope. From Fabian to Wack to all of them, I was like, do you guys ever, you know, link up and then y'all just vibe off each other and you go home and be like, man, I'm about to, I, I seen that shit he doing, I'm about to kill this shit. I'm about to do well, something. They're almost like battling each other. Well, the thing is, I don't think we battle each other like that, but I think what it is is we do um, like inspire each other and bounce ideas off each other because different people have different specialties you know right some, one person's specialty may be color like that mm -hmm. the way they use color is incredible another person's specialty would be like execution like okay they know how to pull an idea off another person's you know specialty might be anatomy you know so if you go check you, you bring your piece over to them they can tell you all the things wrong with your anatomy you know and some people are more technical and some people are more conceptual and the cool thing is you can go to folks and be like, hey, you know, I got this idea. What do you think? And they can give you an opinion. And you got to be open, you know, to accept criticism and critique, you know, because right. not every idea you have is great. But at least, it, you know, it's coming from somebody who knows what they're talking about, you know. Right. You know, so that's one of the benefits of being down here. There's so many creative people and there's so many talented people and so many amazing people that, could, that we teach each other stuff all the time. And that's one thing that I regret that when I came down there, you was like, you motherfuckers should just stay in Atlanta. I was like, what? But back then, man, <laughs> back then, though, when I look back, you, you, it, Atlanta was at the post of the blow up and you knew mm. it. You was like, this is where your black ass need to be because this shit is the blow. And now that I look back from being in Chicago, I think that's one of the only regrets I've ever had. Like when I was down there, because I met Kim, that Kim Hall from Wish, I met all your people, and then the yeah. energy was just so different. And then and that night I went down, I met Yellow Wolf. 
because we went to your guys' <laughs> fucking uh, show. Well, for what's his name for for Koi for something? Oh. Yes, we went yeah. to a Yellow Wolf was fucking like the cameraman, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm a." He was like, "Yeah, I'm a rapper from Alabama. I'm a skateboarder too." And I was like, "What's your name?" He's like, "Yellow Wolf." I'm like, "You ain't gonna be shit." <laughs> but. Just to be around you and hear that energy, one thing, you always been a genuine person. And that's one thing, like, I think the brand that we, me and you worked on, Save Your Soul, was so dynamic. And why people still to the day be like, that fucking brand was amazing. But I tell people, like, the brainchild was you. Like, you used to make some <laughs> of the most simplistic shit so hard. And how the fuck did you do that? Because... Even me designing now, Dub, I still can't do that. I was like, Dub, you'll just say my Uzi wear a ton, but the way he do is way doper than the shit I made. <laughs> it was just like, it was like you know, out of fact. Dude, like, uh, was it last, I think last season, like last basketball season, you know, we're walking through the arena and we see a dude rocking a Save Your Soul shirt. What? Yes. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I, blown away I'm like yo how do you have this <laughs> you know like <laughs> because I'm like how do you have this shirt because one you take great care of your clothing by the way <laughs> right <laughs> right right you take amazing care of your clothes <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> but yeah he was you know, rocking at the Hawks game <laughs> man you know what it was like we wanted to make a good product because it yeah. was like we were we seen everything that was out and it was like i want we want to put it in a box we want to have the best fucking shirt and that's what people when they when they see me they be like man that fucking brand can stand along with any brand and they were like people will always choose that because of the quality and i was yeah. like yo it, it was it was it, it, even to the day say your soul is relevant and that's something that i admire about your art like what you do is going to be a is going to be relevant 30 years from the day. And and that because because you understand you you put the skin in the game to understand what you what you're trying to convey. And that's the next question. Do you feel younger artists really put in the time and the effort to achieve that? Or is everything just so commercial? Well, I tell you, it's a different there's certain things that are different now than before. One you know, when when I was coming up, a lot of contemporaries, magazines were the way you got your name out there. If you weren't, you know, if you wanted to get like coverage, you get magazines. That was it, being in a magazine. But now people can develop followings without ever being any print. You know, they can be on Instagram, have Instagram fame. So that's a different thing. But that's a double-edged sword because sometimes people... Yo, what's good? This shirt guy worldwide. You listening to the No Sucker Shit Clothing Podcast hangers on Anchor. Let's get back into it. Mistake, you know, followers with impact, you know. Right, right, right. And, or influence, you know, even though the title is influencer, you know, technically influencer, you know, because right. you have X amount of followers that doesn't necessarily mean that you have real influence. You know, you have influence when you can cause people to do something, you know, where you can move the oh, needle, like, where you can actually say something and it matters, or you can do something and people be like, wow, I never thought of it that way. Or you can inspire people. So 
you just got to be careful, you know, especially when you're dealing with brands and everything. Don't mix those two up. And I think that now artists are getting exposed to a lot of visual stimulation because of things like Instagram. And right. what's happening with that is that now you're being exposed to a lot more things, which is awesome. But now things are starting to look the same. You know, right. a lot of the right. same thing. And especially when it comes to digital, you know, digital is becoming way more popular now because when you have procreating tools like the Surface and iPad Pro and all that, which is great. It's just that right. um, I think that if you're coming up now, really focus on what you're trying to say and what your particular style of how you're going to do your thing is going to be. Because it's easy to see what's hot and try to emulate what's hot. And and I think that's one of the trade-offs when it, you're dealing with social media and dealing with likes is that inherently you want people to like your stuff. No, I don't think there's too many artists out there that create work that says, I can't wait for somebody to hate my stuff. <laughs> right, know, right, right, right. Heaven. But um, a lot of times the things that people are liking is not necessarily because of the actual artwork but because of the subject matter as opposed to the actual technical craftsmanship that went into it, the concept. So if you, so they got to be mindful of that as well. It's just like now, man, too, just to take what you're saying, it seems like artists, they paint the trendy shit. Like you're going to see some Mickey Mouse shit. You're going to see some Richie Rich shit. You're going to see yeah. all these colors. And it was, it was like, it was a point where art told something and it pushed something. I feel like you told me that art should make you think and sometimes art should make you feel uncomfortable. And I yeah. feel like a lot of artists don't want to make you feel uncomfortable anymore. They just want the likes. It's like, yeah. what cool trendy shit can I make so an NBA player buy my shit then I can get 60,000 likes. But it's like, mm-hmm. what at, at the end of the day, what needle did you push? What 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 person did you make them stand back and say, damn, what the fuck? And make you consciously think. And I feel like you could paint in so many different mediums that it's just like amazing. Like you could do some uh boxing shit and you could do some dope woman shit and you could do some dope hip hop shit and you could do some dope whatever. And I feel like because like you said, the artist that you email always told you to be true to you. And because you wasn't caught in the social media bubble you live you right you you basically outside of the matrix it's like man i ain't i ain't getting in that shit you know yeah, because it's, it's a right could be a rat race because you're always trying to trace what's popular or what's trending could be really tiring you know and and i think i tell you something sometimes artists are out there pretending to be busier than they actually are Oh shit! Say that. Say that again for the people <laughs> out here in the social media world. W say say that. Say like, that. That's very like, poignant. What you just yeah. said. <laughs> there are people out there who are busy looking busy. You know. Oh shit! And, oh and shit! That is it. You know, because um, uh, when you break it down and you see, no one is that prolific. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no one's that prolific. You know, like. Like as much as I would like to paint and draw all the time, I can't do that all the time because I actually do other things. I, you know, I do try to draw as much as I can, but I'm not going to (laughs) pretend like I'm like, I'm not going to like, like I'm overwhelmed, you know, that doesn't mean crank it out all the stuff. Like, nah, I'll post when I can, I'll get around, I'll do what I can. And I try to be strategic about it, but don't be, because what happens when people see that it makes other folks say, wow they're out there killing it maybe i'm not doing enough and i'm like maybe you are doing enough you're just doing you you know 
And um, you really, because they're not doing it enough either. <laughs> so, That's why the fuck they're, they're they the posting all that shit. <laughs> we in the same boat. Because yeah, some mornings, dog, I'll wake up and be like, I don't want to fucking design. Like, I'll yeah. take off a whole week when I ain't doing shit. I'm like, man, I ain't touching the computer. I ain't reading the email. I ain't coming up with no tech type argophy. I just not in the mood. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And, because you're human. You're human, you know. Right, but you, but the, well, but the, the take what you're saying, you would go online and go through somebody live feed and be like, "Damn, this nigga cranking out ninety logos. What the fuck? Oh shit, I, I I'm bullshit." Yeah, like come on now, let's be real, dude. You know, you're only going to be awake for like at most nineteen hours a day. <laughs> right, and, right. And so you know, so don't don't fall for it. Don't let them. You know the likes and the social media stuff get to you, and the thing is, everybody, yeah, every now and again, mess with me too. But um, you know, use it as inspiration and say, hey, okay, well, you know what, I like this. Maybe I could get down and try something new. Or try something. <laughs> Don't believe everything you see out there. It's like watching. You know what it is? It's like watching somebody's highlight reel and thinking that's how they are all the time. No, okay. no, no, no. Did not do every single time. <laughs> every, every, and you know something that people don't really know, like you really big into music and you know a lot of dope fucking DJs. That's oh, something yeah, like, man, yeah, dog, I, met, I met DJ Lord through your, when I seen Lord at the, at the Art Beats and Lyrics in St. Louis, I was okay. like, is he, <laughs> I was like, is he cutting another song with another song with a record? <laughs> Who the fuck do the hell like God, dog? Like, man, DJ Jamad, I met so many amazing DJs through you, and I was like, this this, this the dude you need to know. This this, this, the, cat. <laughs> this, this the cat, because all your people that you know, even from Maya Bailey that owns uh, the tattoo, everybody you know, man, that yeah, they they're at the height of what the fuck they do, and I feel like because they they do it for the love, not for the monetary gain. Not saying that you don't work a business for money, but you can see that they're passionate about what they do. Even I met Grip Player through you. We went to that club yeah. and Grip Player was in the corner drinking old style. <laughs> <laughs> Man, rest in peace, grip player. He, I mean, he was a he was a good dude. That was a hell of a weekend too, man. <laughs> man, that was man. We, I think we did everything Atlanta that weekend. It was like nigga, show, show me the A, and you and you opened up Atlanta to us, and you immersed us. And I and I and I always call Atlanta, man, my second home because because of you. You know, I felt I didn't feel out of place and it didn't feel weird going down there because man, you always been a stand-up good dude and a good host. So the transition from being the dopest artist, you started this amazing event called Arbeeks and Lyric. I've been to a couple of them. What brought on that idea to even do that? Well, what happened is this. Um, so we're talking like late, you're talking about 2004. You know, right. this is part of the Jabari. You know, he's uh he worked for Universal Circus and then he got laid off. So now he was gotta figure out what he's gonna do for himself. And he was trying to find some artists to do an art show. That's <laughs> tricky to do back then because everybody had aliases, people have street names, you know, right. people out people out there tagging stuff. They don't want people to know their government names. So, you know, this is before the terms per, like personal branding was in. It was just like that's your that's your moniker, that's your that's your tag. So it was hard for him to find people. 
but he came across me and my initial reaction was no nah, i'm good i don't want to do the show i'm busy you know because you know I, I didn't know this guy i didn't know what he right. had but then it right. ended up you know we, i ended up doing the show and met a, and a lot of other folks that were in the scene were doing the show and then it was a hit you know the first one was at a bar and little five points and had about maybe three to five hundred people come out which was more than we expected you know right um, afterwards we sat up we got up and we had a chance to rap and we had an opportunity to do the high museum like four months later which was a big jump from like a bar to a museum and you know we were expecting 500 people to show up and they had to shut the museum down in two hours because there's too many oh shit and and this is before social media you know this is thousands of people came out to the museum and they weren't ready for that <laughs> and plus not to mention at the time this is before street art was in museums right you know, facts, there were facts. no street artists in museums there were no they weren't even trying to get nowhere near it with anything until you know it became more commercially popular but at the time when they started seeing the the people who was making the work in the show they got nervous you know, we had tattoo artists in the show. We had b-boys and break dancers. You know, we had like yeah, Afrocentric dancers and stuff. And at that time, that was <laughs> that was more than they were expecting. So, <laughs> right, right, so, right. Uh, but um, by having them shut the doors and you know not letting people in, that caused such a hype because people were like, "What's going on in there? Why are all these people out in the streets?" You know, because they can't get right. into the museum. And that enabled us to use that, leverage that hype. So years later, we had a chance to partner with Jack Daniels and we've been touring with them around the country ever since. Yeah, I think you celebrated 15 years, man. I seen on your page. So congratulations to that because to have a 15 year old traveling art show is an accomplishment in itself, man. Like 15 years you've been doing what you love and, and that's just, like the, just to go back to what we saying, you being you, you know the energy that you have and doing what you wanted to do, and like and like he said, be authentically you. You know, yeah, it's like time goes hmm? by fast, man. Time goes by real quick. You know, you know, just like a couple, feel like a couple of days ago, we were like, wow, we've been doing this ten years. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> you know, now it's like fifteen years. You yeah. Know? You know, before we look up, it'll be like twenty years of doing this. Whoa. Like damn, yeah. traveling art show, and then you got one coming to Chicago during my my hometown during All Star Weekend. I want everybody to go out to the show. Uh, yes. ask, tell people how can they get information? Where do they go to get information about the show? How can they come to the show? Is do they need tickets? What do they need to do for this fan- fantastic show coming to Chicago All Star Weekend? Well, this is our fourth show in Chicago. You know, oh, congratulations! Yeah, four times in the shy. Now this is the first time we're coming in February, so I don't know how to deal with that cold situation that Joe will have going down. <laughs> you know, you know so, what, man? We having some weird weather. It's not really that cold. Like, like last year we had a polar vortex around this time, but now, <laughs> man, it's it's just like you know when you tell people that they're like, "What polar vortex? What the fuck? You in Alaska?" Like, polar, like polar vortex sounds like the sky opens up and sucks on. <laughs> yeah. Gee, on it, it felt like that, but mm, it was cold as fuck. Let me just say it yeah. like that. But so, how can it? So, okay, this is the fourth one, and so how can people come out, man, and link with it? Okay, so here's what you got to do: go to Jack Honey ABL, and you can register there. I believe we're gonna reopen up the. 
the registration so that people can get a get registered for the show and then come out. Oh fuck, man! Most definitely, I'm gonna definitely try to get out there to this show. And I have a question. I always want to ask this to artists. And yeah. any time period, don't matter future, past, present. What artist would you want to do a collab with? Oh, Living man. or dead? Well, I don't know if I would do a collab with them because I don't know if I could bring anything to the table. <laughs> I, I would just like to watch them and that would be Rockwell you know oh, I would fuck. Like, I'd like to watch them because uh, you know it's one thing to do a good painting you know you can get lucky and get a good painting <laughs> you can get real lucky and get it you can play around and come up with one good but how right. do you have a career of amazing work <laughs> you know it's like he 300 covers for the Saturday Evening Post. And then after doing that, he decides he's going to, he's going to get political. <laughs> and then he has a whole portfolio of political work that's incredible. Then right. he's like, I'm celebrities. And he has another portfolio of celebrity work. That's incredible. <laughs> you know? So I would, I would say I would rock well with somebody I would like to, you know, take lessons from if that's, something, if that's part of it. If I could do that. I- I mean, that's definitely true. And like I said, man, you taught me so much how to hone my skills and and, and my style and what I do. I, I owe I owe you a lot, Dub. And that's why I wanted oh, to do you. this interview. Man, that's why I wanted to do this interview with you on a podcast. Man, it'd it be so weird because 30 minutes come so fast. It's like you get on me like, what the fuck we gonna talk about for 30 minutes? And then you start talking and you and you have stories and memories and experiences and you like and I look up and I'm like, oh fuck, 30 minutes. Okay, let me try to cramming so many fucking questions, but I can't. So the yeah. question I want to know, like, how do people get in contact with you? What's your Instagram, Facebook, so the people out there can link up with you? Yeah, well, I'm on most social media is D-U-B-E-L-Y-O-O. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and all that. Just find me there. And, um, you know, you can go to my website. And also I have a podcast called The Unruled Podcast with Walbo. We're coming up with our second season, and that's going to be dealing with, you know, black creatives in the future. So, oh shit oh yeah, shit I gotta we, tune into that I gotta definitely yeah. tune into that and if you ever in Atlanta W is one of the best fucking uh he'll show you the Atlanta you would never see like if you, you <laughs> he's one of the <laughs> he, he, he would give you one of the most man uh sightseeing gonna... experiences of the eight <laughs> to ever yeah. be like damn I ain't even know Atlanta was like this <laughs> well, I tell you what, Atlanta has changed a lot, but uh, it's still a cool city, and I'm I'm honored to live here. You know, oh, dope. But I want to thank man, my man W, for coming on the thirty minute quick strike, man. And as we say, I'm sure God worldwide. I know, like I was telling him that thirty minutes comes super mad quick. But I thank you for his time. Everybody, go check out Art Beats and Lyrics in Chicago doing Art All Star Weekend, and he yeah. told you how to get at him. Man, thank you again, W, for coming on the show, man. I appreciate you. Most thank love, you. man. Now, thank man, thank, thank you, man. Like I said, man, you're a mentor, you're a friend. And whenever I always needed you, man, you always, man, call, link up. So I greatly appreciate that. And I thank you for being on my podcast. Thanks, brother. You have a good one, man. Hey, you be good. Like I said, man, this Hank is on anchor. We out. Peace.
Yo, what's good? You just tuned into the show. You listen to the Art Bishop from Atlanta, Georgia. My main man, W, taught you the ins and outs of the art game. And if you want to follow him, you get at him at W. If you want to follow me, you get at me at Sir Guy Worldwide. And if you want to follow my main man, good the co-host, Dante CC5 Wilder, you get at him at Dante TC5 Wilder. And if you want to follow the show, you go to Hangers Worldwide, baby. And you know where to listen to us at. Hangers. Hangers.